listening to Carnivore Conversations, a podcast exploring the benefits of keto, carnivore, intermittent feasting, and other lifestyle hacks. Each week, we'll be interviewing a special guest from the keto carnivore community and so much more. This is your host, board-certified and practicing physician, Dr. Robert Kiltz. How are you this beautiful day? I'm I'm good. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Where are you located in this globe? Um, I am in Southern California. All right. Nice, nice, nice. I grew up in Los Angeles in Silver Lake and oh, Newport okay. Beach. Oh, awesome. Okay, very yeah. cool. Very yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, well, well, welcome. It, it's it's Courtney Luna. Do I have it right? And that's your yeah. website. Awesome. It awesome, is. Awesome. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're able to join me today. We're recording in order to share this with so many people out there that want to learn about keto and carnivore. And you were a chef on a yacht. Is that true? I was. Yes. Back in the day when I had a fun wildlife before <laughs> children. <laughs> Well, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your journey and what got you there and here where you're at and uh, tell then we'll get into the future. Okay. Yeah. So my name's Courtney. I'm 38 years old. I am a stay-at-home mom slash now a carnivore content creator. Um, I'm in Southern California. And so I am going on, I'm going to be about eight months carnivore here coming up. And I got into it because my husband was sending me Saladino's TikToks and he was sending them for like a while and, and I would watch them, but I never like said anything. And then after a while, I'm like, wait a second, like, are, should we not be eating vegetables? Like, why are you sending, sending these to me? And he's like, I don't know. I haven't looked into it yet. He just thought it was interesting. Um, so that was kind of how we fell into this and started, um, learning more about it. I started off animal-based like he was or he is. Um, quickly realized that wasn't working for me, like still incorporating those carbs and sugar. Um, and yeah, so I, I feel a little out of the loop. I was in the carnivore space, or, or sorry, the, the keto space for on and off for like five or six years. And I never heard of carnivore. I never came across it. And so, you know, I, now I'm in like this whole community that I like didn't even know existed for years. Um, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. You know, I had this long history of yo-yo dieting and food issues, like probably like 25 years long. Wow. Um, yeah. I started out like young going to Weight Watchers. Um, I've tried every diet, you name it. Uh, grapefruit diet, slim fast. Someone just reminded me of the special K cereal diet where you eat a, like, I think two bowls of their cereal a day and then a meal, which is just wild. Um, slim fast. I mean, you name it, I tried it and it was all coming from a weight loss perspective. I only wanted to lose weight and I would lose it and I would gain it, lose it, gain it. I never once, and this is kind of weird, never once considered about my health. Nothing was like, oh, I want to be healthy. Like it just never even crossed my mind. To me, right, being right. thin was healthy. 
Um, and I did, like I said, keto in the past, low carb, paleo. So at least those like kind of worked for me. Uh, but it wasn't till I decided to try carnivore because I was feeling so awful. You know, I had lost 40 pounds last year doing low carb and I stopped what worked for me because I got caught up in the anti-diet stuff that they spread. And I'm like, I'm going to intuitively eat. I'm going to try that. Okay, well, for someone that has a carb and sugar addiction, if you will, trying to intuitively eat the things you can't control yourselves around was not good. So I gained 40 pounds in four months, and that is when I found carnivore. I'm like, I am sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. I would wake up and feel fatigued, like something felt wrong. I actually went to my doctor to get lab work done because I'm like, something is wrong, which ended up being great because now I have like my before labs to compare to on carnivore. So this was the first time that I actually was caring about my health and wanting to feel better. And I, and all the health benefits I had no idea that would come along with it. And I think that's how I've been able to be um, consistent and not have one slip up because I'm caring about my health and not just the weight. So you grew up in Los Angeles or, or in Southern California and you were, uh, a chef on a yacht. What was the, what did you learn to cook? What was the most prominent way that you cooked uh, as a chef? Um, always like lots of meat, but you know, you got your starch and your vegetable. So just like traditional, like American food, lots of steaks and potatoes and, you know, a vegetable, nothing too crazy fancy. Like I'm self-taught. So I wasn't like this <laughs> crazy, you know, five-star chef. Um, but it worked and everyone was happy. And yeah, so I mean, just, you know, traditional meat and potatoes, really. And this, the, the, and I just want to touch on sort of the being thin equates to healthy. And yet you're finding maybe those, it was the yo-yo weight issues, but then there was really no one talked to you and probably asked you about your health issues. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about those. Yeah. So I've always had really bad skin ever since high school. Um, so that was one of the things that cleared up um, my mental health. I didn't even know. I never thought that that was linked because they always, I feel like they tell you that it's not. Like it's a chemical thing in your brain or whatever's happening. So I just didn't think that could be a thing. So I was able to go off of my Zoloft because I was on such a low dose that because when I was on a higher dose, I was so numbed out. So I was on a low dose. It wasn't perfect. So I can tell when I made these diet changes that I could feel some shifts and I could feel my mood lifting. Um, and yeah, just like the energy, you know, there's no gas or bloating. Like, I feel like everything, you know, it's definitely not a miracle diet for everyone, but I feel like for me, it's just like left and right, like clearing things up. And I'm just, I'm feeling amazing. Do you still have any health issues that you're dealing with or, or are they pretty much gone by the wayside? No, I feel really good. I mean, I'm still in my weight loss journey. So I'm down like just about 35 pounds and I still need to lose like probably around like 20 to 25 pounds. Um, but the biggest shift for me was that like the food freedom I feel. 
And it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. I get a lot of comments like, how do you have food freedom when you're not eating anything? Like they're like, food freedom means you can, you know, be around all this food and and eat it a little bit here and there. I'm like, well, that's not what it looks like for me. <clears throat> you know, being around like these treats, like even when I was keto, why keto didn't work for me is because I was still having all those keto treats. So it was still a vicious cycle of my body wanting those carbs and sugar, even if it was fake sugar. So those cravings never went away. Now, after going carnivore, it's like you could have a plate of donuts next to me and I wouldn't even know they're there. The desire is gone. Whereas before, like the mental gymnastics you go through during a day to either not binge on the whole thing of donuts or to just have one, but then you're thinking about it all day because you want another, or maybe you try to fit a few more in your macros if you're tracking macros. And I feel it just would obsessively take over my thoughts. I I just would think about it all the time. And now that is gone. So for me, that's food freedom. So we don't have to track. And there's really, what are the macronutrients our body requires? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I do track, but just out of curiosity. So I'm not um, forcing anything. Some days, like I eat a lot and I'm probably at 2,300 calories, um, which I feel like sounds a lot compared to, I think a lot of people have that 1,200 calorie, you know, ingrained in their brain. Um, But I'm anywhere between like 1,800 and 2,200. And I just go by how I feel. Um, I noticed when I was having dairy, especially heavy cream, I would have that when I wasn't even hungry, like it was delicious. So I would have creamy coffees because they tasted good. Um, and I felt myself kind of slipping back into old habits, um, and not really being able to listen to my hunger cues. Um, so I'm on actually day six of the BBBE. And which has been wonderful. I'm sad because I love dairy, but it's been wonderful. Um, So yeah, for me, that's kind of where I stick around. I definitely try to get at least 100 grams of protein um, and then just have high fat. But you know what? I feel like it all balances out. Yesterday, I tracked what I had and it was like so high in protein and a lot lower in fat than I normally do. So you know what? I feel like it's just all days are going to balance out. You just got to listen to your body and just eat those fatty meats and you'll be good. Do you think we think too much about this? Yeah. <laughs> Meaning that, that ultimately you're, you're a mom, uh, you have young children. Two and four. Two and four, which really is the job of life, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what we're all built for is is raising those beautiful children and the work that it takes to do that is is immense with all the other trappings going on around us are we pushing the be skinny too much do you think in this in this modern world yeah i definitely think that um absolutely and i feel like that's a a bad message because you can be thin and not be metabolically healthy like you can look great, but what the heck is going on in the insides? Like if you're pounding all these veggies, like how's your, how's your gut feel? Like, are you going around? Like you're just tooting all day, I'm sure, you know, and you know, how are your hormones? So yeah, I mean, everyone thinks that being thin is the epitome of health, but, and 
I was there too. It took me, I'm 38. It took me this long to realize, okay, you can be thin and not be internally healthy. So we need to look at like, what's going to give us like optimal health. So I'm wondering if the, the focus on being skinny is our biggest problem. And actually our brain is like saying uh, being skinny is deadly and the famine's coming, or even if you're reproducing and for some reason you can't eat for a month because of severe nausea and vomiting, you better be fat to start off with. But again, our labeling of fat and unfit is part of the biggest problem because we've we've labeled being skinny and we have these optimal BMIs, which probably don't have any make much sense in 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 survival anyway. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, and then yeah, especially like you said in the beginning when you're not feeling good in pregnancies and stuff, and it's a good thing you might have a little extra weight on you. So I think having a little extra is okay. It can come in handy when you're not getting your fuel and energy from food? Uh, fasting. I'm wondering, my belief is that we're probably meant to fast uh, on on periodic period time frames because historically food wasn't available, but we're meant to get fat fast and skinny slow mm. uh, so we can survive. Uh, do you uh, have any opinions on fasting and do you practice any of that yourself? I used to a lot, especially before carnivore, when I was doing keto, I would do it um, pretty much every day. And I would have like a strict eating window, usually like 10 to six. And I'm realizing, and that worked for me then, but I'm kind of realizing now or thinking now that I don't think that would be ideal. I do think fasting is great here and there. My thoughts are, you know, kind of like it was many years ago, you know, you have days where you might be eating all day, you have times where you're not going to eat for a few days. So I definitely think mixing it up and keeping your body guessing. Um, and then you have the whole like, I like to follow Dr. Mindy Pels. And she says, like, you shouldn't fast at all, like the week before your cycle. So a lot goes in, you know, with hormone health. So for me, I like to throw shorter eating windows in there once in a while. I definitely can't do an OMAD. I tried that only just once. I can't eat that much in one sitting. Otherwise, I'll just be under eating calories. Um, so for me, two to three meals a day is kind of where I'm at. I wonder, uh, my thoughts are, we don't even know what a calorie is. We're, we're making all the science, all science is a story. And ultimately, we're telling the story that collectively we've created a belief system, all right? We all believe this is the accurate science, this is inaccurate science, and this is the great uh, divide that we don't even know what, what's going on. Uh, scientists uh, are equally responsible for the snake oil as somehow the accurate science, but it's, it's all a story. Uh, were you doing keto during your pregnancies or wh where did you start the keto world, carnivore world? No, I, I was keto before my pregnancies. Um, and actually, you know, I, I was tracking my ovulation and I noticed before I went keto that it was off. Um, when the app said I should be ovulating, I wasn't when I would take the test. And then when I started keto, it regulated my ovulation. So I, you know, they say it's great for getting pregnant. 
I was always, well, besides the cravings, I was always a little too nervous to try and stay keto during pregnancy. I didn't know at the time if it was safe. There's a lot of like mixed reviews out there. Um, so I definitely wasn't keto. I gained probably, I gained 50 pounds my first pregnancy. Um, I ate a lot of carbs and a lot of bagels. Um, but my second one, I did a lot better. I gained, I think only like 28. But then I gained a ton of weight after. Um, I was nervous to like lose my supply and you're up in the middle of the night. So I would eat to keep myself awake. So yeah, the, definitely the opposite extreme of keto <laughs> at that point. What do you recommend for women attempting pregnancy uh, or, or pregnant and or breastfeeding? Yeah, I mean, I hear great things. When I was in keto groups, you know, on Facebook, it, it was like a joke, like, okay, stay away from your husband if you don't want to have a baby, because it was like you, everyone just said, do you get pregnant like that, that it's supposed to help with PCOS and infertility issues. Um, so my understanding now, and I would assume you probably know more than me on this, that it, it would be considered safe, um, that babies are born in ketosis anyways, um, and that carnivore would be safe. You know, we just saw I Sarah, she was carnivore yogi. Like she just had a successful carnivore pregnancy and, and yeah, so it, it looks to be safe. I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I say the baby's way. I talk about this is this is the, this is the, the best human nutrition for life. And once your baby's done breastfeeding, the same thing. Uh, bacon, eggs, butter, beef, my ice cream from time to time, salt. And I do recommend bone broth, bone marrow, eat the organ meats. I think they're important, but do you have to do it all the time? No, but uh, yeah, this is, and, and, and your baby, the babies are being exposed to plant poisons, plant sugars. We should call them plant glycans which are foreign to our body. So those plant sugars actually damage our body and then damage the baby in utero and then make them addicted. I mean, we're born addicted, essentially. It's like a cocaine baby, right? They have to wean them off the, the, the drug afterwards. So we're really, I think, learning a lot, but it's simple, right? You, how, you know, did any doctor tell you to do this? No. My doctor advises me against eating how I'm eating. And, and so I think it gets back to Dr. Barry's book, The Lies My Doctor Told Me, that we really need to be training the doctors because we've been, we've been um, uh, brainwashed to keep us all unhealthy. And that's the sad part of this story, right? And, and what, what's your thoughts on how can we help and how do you help your doctor in all of this or just not go? Yeah. I mean, obviously if, if I needed a doctor for like some big reason, I, I wouldn't go to the one I'm seeing. I just have him for as a need be basis, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a tricky situation. I mean, I don't know how really like to move, to move them forward. Um, they're just, you know, they're just teaching what they've been taught and, as far as like nutrition and if, if they don't know any better, then how are they going to, I don't know. It's just, it's such a weird thing. Like some of the things my doctor told me regarding my diet and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like I can't believe you 
think this? Like, this is not accurate information. So how do we how do we open these doctors' minds to proper nutrition? Like, it, I don't I don't even know how you would do that, especially when, you know, you got the whole like big pharma side of things. And I mean, I think it's I think it's wild to not want to get to the root of the issue. If you go to a doctor, I mean, obviously some do, but they just want to give you a prescription. They just want to put a Band-Aid on the issue. Why are why are they not curious? Or maybe they just don't have the time. You don't have time in your appointment. Because the reading they're focused on is the same propaganda. And so there's, it's, it's, it's a difficult challenge and I, because I have been there. So I don't want to chastise those that are there. I want to work to, to teach them, be open to new and different ideas. But somehow we, we believe when we go into medicine, we're going to make the big change of the universe. But ultimately, we're simply learning the same stuff and we're propagating the same story. And it's hard to get off that, that, that treadmill, unfortunately. You have to give up a lot and risk everything in order to do that. But I, what I see is social media is the new medicine. And ultimately, health and wellness is not from MDs or DOs. It's from regular human beings who need to take control of their own health and give it up. To The doctors are really great. If you have an acute issue, you might need a, a drug. These drugs that we use in, in our ability to heal people are really valuable, but we overuse them. And we don't talk at all about nutrition in the way that you and I are talking about that, that keto carnivore is, is really the game changer. And so eating fatty meat, someone, someone was kind enough to send me a, 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 a present and, and they, this, but this is the meat we should be eating the fattiest meat you can get. And uh, tell us a little bit about your cookbook and eating on a budget and how can carnivore and or keto be done on a budget? Yeah, I mean, it. it that's a, a comment I get a lot too, like, oh, you must be rich. It's like, no, <laughs> you know, you can go to Walmart and get that huge, long sausage looking, I don't even know how much it weighs, like 10 pounds or something. Like you can do this very cheaply. You know, I have a YouTube video that shows how you can you can eat this way on six or seven dollars a day. And that's like being generous. You know, I would suggest someone has anywhere between like one, I would say a pound minimum of meat to one and a half pounds. And you can get ground beef for four dollars a pound. So there is four dollars a day. But, you know, you might want to incorporate a little dairy if you tolerate it or you may want to have some organs here and there or you may want to have a steak. So, you know, the cost like balances out, but it does not need to be expensive. You don't need to be eating ribeyes every day to thrive eating this way. So focus, uh, what are the meats that you recommend focusing on if you're really trying to do it as a budget? Would it be burger? Yeah, I would get ground beef or, you know what, roast meats are great and just put them in the instant pot and you can just rewarm it every day and have leftovers. 
Um, so those are awfully fairly cheap. Look out for, you know, your local flyers. Like we have a Ralph's around here and like every so often they'll do tri-tips on sale for like $4.99 a pound when they're normally like 12 or 13. So check the sales and, you know, everyone, I feel like, you know, go gets down on grocery store meat. Um, and you know what, I feel like you should just do whatever you can afford and do what you like. Um, it's still going to be very nutritional, especially compared to a standard American diet. Um, I'm just now digging a little bit more into the whole regenerative farming side of things. Um, so that is a great option. And, you know, having grass fed and finished beef is great if, you know, especially if you know your local farmer, but, you know, some people don't like the taste of that you know, grain finished does have a different taste than um, grass finished. Um, so I would just say don't let anybody meat shame you and just eat what you like and eat what you can afford. It's still going to be really good for you. Yeah, I do believe that uh, grass fed grain finished is tastes the very best to me. And almost all cattle in America is grass fed and then grain finished uh, because the fatty meat cuts are the very tastiest. And it's really what we need. But if you're getting the leaner meats uh, and you're finding a sale, buy them, get a freezer and, and begin to store uh, and even cut them in pieces that you can actually uh, manage uh, for yourself or your family uh, on a daily and weekly basis. Because there are lots of ways. And I agree with you. Grocery bought food is very uh, nutritious and healthy for us. And you want to find the very best uh, affordability. Uh, and that's the, again, this organic or being organic is a marketing term that's certified by the government that has nothing to do with true, as we would imagine, purely uh, a free range and, and no pesticides and things like that. Yeah, I don't, I've never really bought into the organic thing. I don't know if I'm right, but I've always thought of it as a marketing thing too. just hearing from um you know, people that do have organic farms and whatever, it's like they still have to spray stuff. It's not like the bugs avoid an organic farm. Like they're still going to be there. Um, so yeah, just just get what you can afford. And also another great option would be to is um, you can go to a butcher and ask them for any fat scraps they may have. So if you are looking to add more fats, like if you do have like chicken or pork or something that's lean and you want to add more fat, if you're not having butter or whatever, you can, you know, chop up those um, fat strips and air fry them and they're delicious. And some places I see a lot of people online, they'll get them for free. And of course, here in California, I'm getting charged $7.99 a pound for fat scraps that they're going to throw away. Um, but you might find them for very cheap or free. What about uh, going to a rancher uh, and, and, and buying a, a, a whole half quarter cow or joining in with the community uh, where you're, you're buying uh, and you're helping support the local ranch or farmer. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I'm actually, um, I just found one that's local to me um, and they do offer that. So they are grass fed, finished, regenerative farming, and they offer um, different cow portions. Um, it feels like a very big commitment to be buying all that and storing it. 
Um, so I've been kind of hesitant. I love shopping. Like I love grocery shopping. That's like one of my passions. So I like to be able to go to the store, you know, a few times a week and pick out my meats. Um, that's fun for me. But yeah, that can really cut down on costs, you know, even just getting, you know, you you don't always need like a big chest freezer. Like if they offer, I think even like an eighth of a cow, you know, that could typically fit in your regular freezer and still cut down on the cost per pound. What what does your shopping look like? It is all over the place. Um, I do get some stuff from my local farm. Um, the one I was just speaking about, I think it's a great way to vote with your dollar. Um, but it's not in my budget to eat that way all the time. I think Costco has amazing ribeyes. So I will get my ribeyes from Costco. I have a favorite ground beef called Country Natural that I get at Whole Foods. And that is like $5 a pound. And that's delicious. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of all over the place. I, I kind of found like what tastes best to me and what works in my budget. And, you know, it's I just get also what's affordable, too. Uh, does your husband follow this? Yes. So he actually started when I did, um, but he went strict right away. I was still incorporating um, a little bit of fruit and some honey. What do you think about fruit and honey? Um, the more I learn, I think it's not the best idea to be having such a high fat diet and then also having that carbs and sugar the whole Randall cycle thing comes into play. So I feel like that's a little out of my wheelhouse. But when I do hear it, like it makes sense what I've been told. Um, and for someone that I think once in a while, you know, I, I think if you think back to how we used to live, they would they would find some berries here and there. They weren't um, anywhere near what we're finding at the supermarket, like as sweet. Um, and not as available. So I don't think there's anything wrong with maybe having a handful of blueberries once a week or something. Um, but for me, having that sugar, it's kind of just a slippery slope and it would um, just trigger more cravings. So I think it depends on the person. Well, we're all the same human beings. So our cells, our metabolism, our physiology is the same. We're not uniquely different. We're uniquely the same. Right. We're just like a bacteria, yeast, other microbes or the macro or organisms. We're ultimately the same. So fat is critical. Without it, we will die. And the fact that we don't eat fat, we eat a high protein, high plant based diet is the two leading things that are deadly. So a, it, so if you eat a high fat diet and you eat sugars, well, it's the sugars that are causing the problem, not the fat. And, and that's the most important thing that people don't understand is that plant sugars are ultimately foreign to our body and cause inflammation. And so honey, which is a plant sugar, right? Where does honey come from? Yeah, from the bees. But the bees collected from the plants. <laughs> it's just plant sugar. So honey and white sugar are no different, right? And then fruit basically is what type of sugar? It's white sugar. It's all, it's all the same, right? So this idea that we're eating something different because it's natural, we're maybe, it's like buying buying cryptocurrency buy from FTX. We've been convinced that this is the best place and it's okay, but it's not okay at all of any significance or frequency. But I agree with you, 
from time to time in small amounts, we were able to do it. And maybe like a bear, bears will eat uh, plants, but would they rather eat a plant or would they rather eat like big fatty meat? But again, finding fatty meat, can you imagine what Southern California looked like 500 to 1,000 years ago? 1,000, 2,000, 10,000 years ago? I don't know if you've ever been to the La Brea Tar Pits. Have you ever been there? Oh, no, but I've seen it. Pictures. You gotta go there. My, my mother in the 70s worked at the museum and we used to go there all the time and I loved it. But basically, there are a tremendous amount of mammals and they're all gone of any significance. And, and we've been duped by our modern medical machine, which is about making money, unfortunately. And, and again, I'm a little disappointed by Dr. Saladino sharing that honey and fruit is okay because it's not okay. Because have you ever been addicted to sugar? Yeah, absolutely. Fruit and honey is sugar, right? So yeah. it's kind of telling an alcoholic it's okay to drink this, 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 you know, like organic wine, right? That nature's made. Yeah. Uh, it's not okay. Again, our bodies are capable of converting sugars to fat. But if you cannot convert sugar to fat, you're dead because our bodies do not burn sugar in the mitochondria ever. And if you look at Dr. Laszlo Boros, he's another one that'll, that'll basically tell that same story uh, that I think it's critical that we eat more fat. Uh, where you stand on butter? I've been having butter. <laughs> And what was, sorry, what was the rest part? Cheese, yeah. butter, cream, uh, milk products, basically any product from a cow's milk. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, I mean, technically it would be allowed if you tolerate it. Um, I'm realizing now that I feel a little bit better without it. I, you do hear that it could cause inflammation and mucus and, at least for me, I was starting to be a little addicted to the cream because when you don't have sugar for almost eight months, I it was tasting sweet. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I'm I'm leaning a little bit more back from the dairy. And when I do incorporate it back in, I think it will be like a once in a while thing. Once in a while have um, the ice cream or a creamy coffee. What are your thoughts on it? I, I tend to do butter, cream, and some cheeses, but I work to minimize them and have to have them from time to time, uh, maybe once a week. Uh, I'll do sugar ice cream maybe twice a month, uh, and but I really work to have that fatty meat. But I think the cream, the butters, the cheeses are inflammatory. And, and that's the biggest problem. And some people are more inflamed than others. Maybe I tolerate a little bit better than some. Some get puffy eyes and they get mucus everywhere and they really get swollen. And so I agree with you that minimize, again, honey and fruit and vegetables from time to time. But you know of no one that has an anaphylactic reaction to a ribeye steak. But- People die quickly of a plant product, a bee sting, uh, a, a, a fruit or fiber or vegetables contain antigens that can take some people down quickly. Peanuts, peanuts are deadly. Uh, and my, my philosophy or theory on that one is 
Some people have a quick reaction and they will die fast. Other people have slow, subtle inflammatory reactions that they don't know are the cause of cancer or hypertension or diabetes or heart disease or stroke or ADHD or even depression, plant-based diseases. And yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's like slowly killing us and we don't realize, you know, when I was getting ready this morning for this, I was listening to an old episode of Dr. Chafee's, the plants are trying to kill us or kill you. And I was like, stuff I already like knew, but like hearing it again, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like he even said like 70 people die a year from potatoes. Like you don't think anything of potatoes. Liver failure is a plant disease. So fatty liver, liver fibrosis, and liver cirrhosis, they're all plant diseases. Some mushrooms will take your liver down fast. Tylenol overdose. As a physician in my training, I remember taking care of people who had liver failure from, from mushrooms or Tylenol overdose and died. I saw it too often. And my theory of, of insulin resistance as your liver gets damaged, the insulin becomes less functional because insulin's job is to convert amino acids and sugars in the liver to fat. That's insulin and the liver go hand in hand. And so it really is the plants are the predators and we're the prey and they're controlling us, right? So if you think about every hallucinogenic drug that everyone wants to be on in order to be high or have an out-of-the-body experience, even psilocybin and ayahuasca, like I'm like, really? It is a plant-based disorder. And even suicide, depression, criminality, I will bet, are based on a plant-based damage to your brain. And the damage starts in your gut first. You're damaged the glycobiome. The sugar coating that protects your body is damaged in the gut between the, the, the lips, the gums, the mouth, the tonsils, the esophagus, all of it's damaged from a plant-based sugars. And, and then they contain the lectins, the oxalates, the phytates. And then they ferment so that the microbes that we're told to eat love your sugar high diet, don't they? And they ferment. What does fermentation make? Alcohol, which is deadly for all of us, right? And so people don't drink, but they're eating a high plant-based diet. They're actually fermenting in their gut, their small intestine and their colon. They're making aldehydes, heat, gas, and methane. That's the leading cause of colon cancer, in my opinion. And IBS, Crohn's, irritable bowel, uh, all of these things. Uh, I used to have terrible hemorrhoids, terrible bowel bleeding, arthritis, psoriasis, kidney stones, and migraines. And I played with, with Weight Watchers and Atkins 20 years ago. And, and then I found paleo and then I tripped on keto. And 12 years ago, nearly I went carnivore when I just, I found it from people like yourself. Did I find a doctor that had the magic? Nope, nope, nope. Uh, and, and ultimately each and every one of us must take the responsibility for our health and wellness. And, and we're t using too many drugs. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, we do, you know, we do have to be our own advocate, but then what's frustrating is, you know, 
because I, I get a lot of hate on TikTok. So I have these conversations a lot, less so now because I try to stay out of the comments. But, yeah. you know, you share any one of you, one of the doctors in this space, and immediately it's like, oh, they're a quack. They don't want to even hear it. They don't want to have an open mind to think that maybe something they've been told is wrong and they're on the wrong path. And so it's it's very frustrating that people, you know, are getting in their own way. And, you know, just talking about all this and listening to Chafee's podcast this morning, it has me questioning everything that I'm like feeding my kids because, you know, they're not strict carnivore right now. At first, it was scary to, you know, make that change. You know, it's almost like, well, let's experiment on ourselves first. Let's learn a little bit more. And now I'm like, gosh, am I, I, I'm harming them. And I even have people say, if, if, if this is, if you think this is the optimal diet, why aren't your kids eating this way? And at first my answer was like, well, I want to make sure they're getting enough. If they're not having enough meat, I want them to at least get the vitamins and minerals from veggies. But now the more, you know, eight months in, the more I learn, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I slowly killing them? <laughs> You're addicting them. Yeah. We all are. And I suffered as a child from depression, anxiety, ADHD, migraines, bowel problems. And I will tell you right now that when you're, you're, when you're pregnant, you eat this. When you're breastfeeding, you eat this. And your children are done breastfeeding, they eat this. We are addicting our children. If you want to make them the lions, feed them like a lion. But, but again, it's, it's because it's so outside the norm. Who knows? You may be the next one arrested for child abuse. For I mean, that's, this is the challenge, right? But enough of us in this world recognize this is the baby's way. It's for all of us, young and old, right? You know, even people who are in their latter, eight, latter uh, uh, years or days of their life, they say, oh, they just feed them what they want. Well, what, but what if you fed them this and they got better and then they lived a lifetime longer? Like this is it. Now, again, I, I do this because here's a little variety, right? Now, is can, you know, we can't have girlfriends or boyfriends on the side of our partnership, right? It's damaging and deadly to it. We know that. But the same thing goes with a lion. Lions eat sheep. They do not eat fruits or vegetables. There was a TikTok or, or an Instagram uh, uh, on there where some guy was feeding his lion's apples. The lion didn't touch it. Nope, 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 nope. But I think we need to start this for our, for our babies, moms breastfeeding, babies done breastfeeding, and then throughout our lives, we should be the baby's way. Again, I'll eat some some plant product from time to time, but I know that I'm not anaphylactically allergic to it. But our children are basically becoming addicted. Would you feed them alcohol or give them cocaine, heroin, marijuana, nicotine, or caffeine? We wouldn't do that, right? But when we feed our children plants, we are actually giving them toxic addictive chemicals, which is radical, isn't it? Like, yeah, that it's almost like um, a slow poison. And, you know, we've always been pretty mindful about what they have. Um, we have like ditch seed oils. Now that I've learned about that, we do try to minimize um, sugars and treats. It is occasional, but they do still have like some wheat and plant products. And the more I go on this journey, I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I don't think so. But it's hard. It's hard with kids, especially that they're used to things and you don't want some tantrums. I don't know. Luckily, my kids love meat. Um, so maybe we can transition them. I don't know. I even hesitate to talk out loud about this because of the backlash I get and the threats to call CPS. Right, right, right. But, but here's the beauty. So see, my ice cream contains some white sugar, but minimal. Okay. You can use none, but there are ways to treat without the sugar, but who doesn't love steak and eggs every day? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, again, it's, it's radical. I personally think this is the next level. It's how do we feed our children? How do moms feed breastfeeding? How do moms feed when they're pregnant? There's no requirement to ever eat a vegetable for minerals, for vitamins, for antioxidants, for anything. Fiber is absolutely the deadliest thing we consume. You will poop plenty well by simply never eating fiber. And I know Dr. Paul Mason has done some talks on this, and we've shown some of the data and the research on our website that that fiber, when you when you nix when you eliminate fiber, you eliminate all the bloating, the constipation, the pain, the bleeding. It's all gone, and and this is radical. And and so you know, this is the first time I think we've ever spoken about this much. But I would say that uh, it's it's carnivore month. But are kids have a different digestive system than you and I? Mm, I wouldn't think so. Nope. And Dr. Chafee has done a really, really, really good job of sharing this. You know, again, it's the simple answer is that we're lions. That's it. Our GI tract is like a lion. And if you think about it, let's just say early apes were like this and we were part of the ape family, Right. And then, and then maybe some apes ate still some animal meat. They do that, by the way, but they still ate mostly plants. But when, when, when we went off on eating uh, strictly animals for millions of years, likely to get us to this point, we now eliminated the toxins. We gave the, the mitochondria, the powerhouse they needed to grow this brain and our ability to create new and different. But think of, name a toxic chemical that comes from a ribeye steak. Can't think of any. <laughs> Can't think of any. And so uh, to me, the other interesting thing about vegetable oils, coconut oil is easy to separate from the coconut core. It's a plant-made oil which actually is mostly saturated fat. And so it's not the seed or the plant oils per se. It's the industrial production of these seed oils. And it's the lack of eating animal fat, but fatty meat. We're, we're just, but again, a little bit of heroin every day. I mean, there are people smoking marijuana using these chemicals every day, nicotine and caffeine and saying, well, it's okay. But maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cause I was talking um, to another friend, Jess, she's the carnivore mummy and her kids are strict carnivore and she's very adamant about it. She has said, even like with their school, like, nope, they're allergic, whatever. And so I was talking to her about this because it's hard to, you know, mentally wrap your brain around transitioning your kids because just every, we have to unlearn everything we've been told. And even if we're doing it ourselves, you know, it's a little easier to do things to yourself than, 
you don't want to like mess up your kids. And she's like, well, you just kind of think of it as like, okay, if you give them, um, a cake pot from Starbucks, you know, that's not instantly going to do anything to them, but it's just kind of like giving them a little bit of rat poison every day. And I'm like, oh gosh, it, that, that got me, but it's hard. You, you, you know, we're, we've just been so conditioned and brainwashed to believe that we need plants and meat is bad, that it's scary to wonder if you're going to be messing up your kids by switching them to a carnivore diet. You're going to mess them all. Absolutely. You're going to make them the masters of their lives. <laughs> and they're not going to fit in to the traditional drink alcohol, eat carbohydrates, plants, and eat fake meat. Yeah. That's 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 what it is. Steve Jobs died. He was a vegan, vegetarian. Uh, this FTX guy, uh, SBF, is a vegetarian. Um, I, personally, I think being a vegan, vegetarian, or even a Mediterranean, which I basically lived with, is a deadly diet. And I suffered. But imagine taking a lion cub and putting them in with a bunch of sheep. Now they think they're sheep. They eat like sheep. They live like sheep. But they're a lion. So that's who and what we are. We're lions that have been uh, 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 placed with all the sheep. And if you think of the ancient dictators of the world, and they still live today, by the way, the dictators of the world dictate to us what to eat. They keep us meek. But we are lions. And the best way, you know, we are what we eat. We've heard that word, right? You are what you eat. Well, lions eat meat. They eat sheep. And pigs, cows, and sheep eat grass and grains. And so is there a difference between a vegetable and a cake? I, I guess not then when you really break it down, huh? <laughs> There's no difference between a fruit, honey, a cake, a cookie, uh, or vegetables. They're no different. Your body doesn't know the difference. Oh, my God, you've got healthy kale. Uh, well, kale will kill you. And again, these ideas are radical. And I, I'm, again, my cheers to you and what you're doing. It is not easy. But the best things in this life are not easy, are they? Yeah. They're hard. <laughs> Relationships are hard. Raising children are hard. Uh, work is hard. Uh, and staying strong and narrow on the journey. I mean, I'm inspired by talking to people like yourself every day that just because I'm a doctor doesn't give me any higher knowledge than every other human being in this world. Every human being. And when someone says smart or they're really smart, I'm like, well, every human being is smart. But when we're fed, we're, we're, we're fed to follow the leaders and we're taken right to the dungeon to the gas chambers, and and uh, we're all sick. Yeah, and the leaders that we're following want us to be sick. And and again, I, I that's it. And and again, people like Dr. Saladino, you can look and feel healthy on anything. You could claim, "Hey, I'm doing this, and I'm healthy. Be like me." But if you really want to lead the long and a healthier life. Now, again, this isn't guarantee, guaranteeing that you're going to live forever. You may die tomorrow. We all may die tomorrow, right? None of us know that. But if we really want to lead the sheep 
back to being the lions than eat like you're recommending. Yeah. And that's so important. What is your website, Courtney? I love how you worded that though, by the way. Um, really quick though, can I ask, do you eat chicken and fish or are you just ruminant? Rarely do I eat chicken or fish. Okay. Uh, I, I do for, I'm my partner Tia, she makes uh, a bone broth for me out of chicken parts. Okay. And, and, and for some reason that's the easiest uh, that she loves to do. And I love it. Um, white, white skinless chicken. Like where did the, where did all the fat go from the chicken? Right. But we're all bred. We're all bred to eat lean meat. And I've been doing it forever. Uh, even today when I go to the restaurants and I, I will often order a filet mignon because that's the that, that's the best cut that they have and they could cook it right. And I, I tell them to bring me equal amounts of butter. And the last I go to Mirabeau and Skinny Atlas, they bring me, they bring me clarified butter. I no, no, no. Bring me your reg regular butter that we put on the bread. And by the way, I will eat some sourdough bread from time to time. I will eat my uh, uh, some penne pasta and asparagus rarely from time to time. My partner is not a carnivore. And so sometimes I do, I will make her the things she loves and I will have a little bit, but that's rare. Uh, but chicken fish, I think is deadly for us. Number one, chicken has no, 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 no um, fat. Uh, fish has no fat and fish swim in the toxic waters of the world. Is that the worst thing? I don't know. You know, I'm seeing people who are dying of diabetic related diseases, pre-diabetic related diseases, and they're eating lean meat and, and, and fruits and vegetables. And whether it's processed or not, I don't know that. My number one food is ribeye steak and it's raw and I dry age it. And that's what I love the best, but I, I will, I will black and blue it. That's my favorite. Okay. And I put butter and salt all over it. And um, I do love my ice cream and I'm pretty good at not having it every day. Uh, but, but a small amount of white sugar, think of this, how do proteins digest in your body? By breaking down, breaking down to what? I don't know. <laughs> acids. And I don't know is a very good answer, by the way. That is one of the most important things. The medical students I teach, I remind them, I don't know is the very best answer any of us could ever say. But so protein, where does protein come from? It comes from muscles. It doesn't come from plants. Okay. Protein breaks down to amino acids and it goes to the liver directly from the gut. Okay. What happens to it now? Most people don't know. Most doctors don't know. But basically, it's converted mostly to sugar, and most sugar is converted to fat. And without insulin and a functional liver, you cannot make fat, and you will die. Because no one eats fat. If you look at the 99% of the diet we're all eating, even most carnivores are eating a meat-based, low-animal-fat diet. A true carnivore should be eating one-to-one -one fat, fat to protein, I think on a daily basis. But, but the fact that we can convert amino acids, because if people eat a high protein diet, they're not building big muscles, are they? Or, or we build fat. 
Because how easy is it to get skinny? It's not, right? And so even the Randall cycle, Philip Randall worked for a research institute that got paid by the food industry to do the research. And he was worked in metabolism and diabetology. My sister died of diabetes. And my sense of the Randall cycle, it's just another, another hypothesis or theory. Again, all of the sugars and the amino acids that you eat, the majority of them all go to the liver. If you have a really great functional liver and you have insulin, the, all of that is converted to fat because the, the whole job of your liver is to make fat so you survive the famine, right? You survive the months without food, right? How many months have you ever gone without food? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> right? I've gone, I've done three days of fasting, but is it easy? It is not. Do I recommend it for everyone? No. I typically do 23 and one. When I'm on vacation, my wife and I, we go, we go out to restaurants and, and do, you know, from time to time I eat like that. But 99%, I'm a workaholic. I work 24, seven, 365. I'm a fertility specialist. This, this, nutritional recommendation that you are on is the very best thing for a woman wanting to get pregnant when she's pregnant, when she's breastfeeding and beyond. That's the thing I've, I've learned the most, but you know, look at, there are a few of us. And I say of us that are carnivores are really absolutely strict hundred percent. I can do it in spurts, but I choose not to do it all the time. Now I fly airplanes, I drive cars, I do snowboarding and skiing. Those are all risky things, right? Eating vegetables is risky. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? So you'll live on the edge sometimes and have some asparagus. <laughs> I, I, I do, but but I but I but I cook it in butter and 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 tallow and and fatty meat. And then I pour butter all over it. I make sure I get a lot of fat because remember, the asparagus contains some of the oxalates and the fiber and the other phytochemicals that are not in white sugar. See, I'd rather eat my white sugar ice cream, small amounts, over asparagus because it's the phytochemicals that you're getting on a regular basis that are actually deadly. And that's why I think our children, I mean, what are your children going to go to traditional school? We're homeschooling. Like 100% homeschooling is the way. Um, I got into much trouble at a regular traditional uh, school. And I would tell that parents look at homeschooling. That is the very best way. And then you want to learn the way that, that your child is a lion and lions lead sheep be the feed and, and homeschooling, I think is a home run. I wish I was homeschooled, but my parents had equal troubles as I did. And, but so many people have trouble in life. But uh, do you incorporate any spirituality, any positive stuff or any religion into your life? Yeah, I would say I'm more spiritual. Um, I'm a little into like the woo stuff. So, you know, I, I, I like the whole meditation and intuition stuff I follow a lot. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm tapped into the spiritual side. Uh, the the um, Louis, Louise and um, what am I thinking about? Uh, Louise Hay is great, uh, but but um, the the if you read the the, the Secret by Rhonda Byrne, mm -hmm. uh, there's immense stuff in there, and I think we're God, 
and God is the creator of everything. And you and I are capable of everything and anything, but, but we are, we are, we are slightly, we have fear in our lives. Right. And fear is like, Oh, what are they going to say? Or what is someone still going to do? But, you know, I always look back to the philosopher, Jesus Christ, his philosophy was the, was the road to a new life. In my opinion, whether you're Christian, Catholic, Muslim, Buddhist, or atheist, or agnostic, doesn't matter. But I believe in the woo-woo too. And I think that um, the power of thought is all there is. And I've written a couple of books on inspiration and positivity. And I think that's, that's really important uh, in our lives. Uh, do you ever think that switching your diet could have such a positive impact on your life? Did you, did, did, do you ever, do you see it today? Do you see like, wow, this is amazing? Yeah, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I didn't know that I could feel as good as I feel right now. I've never felt better. Um, I'm on my way to never have looked better before. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's been a miracle. It's changed my life. You know, I don't follow what Saladino recommends anymore, but I'm grateful to him for getting the word out because that's what brought me here. Um, and yeah, we just have such an awesome carnivore community and everyone just spreading the good word. And it's been amazing and I'm happy to be a part of it. What is your favorite carnivore recipe? Um, uh, well, not a recipe, but I love a good ribeye. Um, but I will say I stumbled upon your ice cream recipe months ago and I tweaked it a little bit and added in some instant coffee grounds because I know coffee is a plant, but I just love the taste of it. And so that is like one of my favorites, um, is having that, but I'm simple. Like I create all these recipes cause I know people need that and they want some variety, but honestly, I'm good with my ribeyes and some burger patties. Uh, do you do the smash burgers? Yes, I get them very thin because I like the crust on things. I don't want yeah. a thick burger. I want the crust from the grill. It's fabulous. <laughs> it is. It is the very best. And um, who's your favorite coach out there besides yourself? <laughs> um, you know what? There's a handful that I talk to. I, I'm in Kelly Hogan's group. She's fabulous. You know, I fabulous. often... Yeah, she's wonderful. I talked to Emily from Healed by Meat a lot. You know, Bella from Steak and Butter Gal is doing some great things. Like, you know, everyone's just out there just doing what they can to get the word out. And it's awesome. This does not exist in modern medicine. See, this is the part that I love. I found my family. And, and my, my, my partner is like, what are you doing? You're talking to all these people, but because it feels like a real family. And again, even Dr. You know, again, Saladino. Okay. Yeah. But from time, he's still part of the village, the tribe. That's the beauty. We want to invite people in, but sometimes they're going to go rogue. They're going to kill this ice cream. What are you doing? No sugar. Don't do it. Right. Or, you know, but that is, there's so many great people. Lisa Wiedemann, Austin Cavelli, Bella, absolutely. Chafee, uh, let's see, Ken Berry, Saladin, uh, that's, uh, uh, let's see, oh, uh, who else did I miss? I, I think I, again, there's infinite people in this world of this carnivore and we're growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and another one to add to the list, Ovedia. Um, he's great too yes. because 
we just interviewed him actually for our podcast because I get so many comments about I'm damaging my heart and my arteries and all that. So that was nice to have him debunk some of that stuff for everyone. So should anyone be concerned about their cholesterol? No, we need cholesterol. Only if it's low. Only if it's low. Low cholesterol right. is dead. It's right. Over. I don't recommend going to see a doctor unless you have an acute problem because our ability to predict any disease or sudden death is really bad. Yeah. And it doesn't always have anything to do with your cholesterol and your total number doesn't mean anything. You got to look at the triglycerides and the particle size, like in your ratio, there's so much that comes into play. And even that is only one piece of the puzzle. Well, I say all cholesterol science is wrong. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I've been studying this for years. I have not been able to discern or find any truth to it or make it simple. Occam's razor says the simple answer is the one. If we can't, if it doesn't sound simple, it's not right. And so I would still say any LDL, VLDL, HDL, triglycerides, a cholesterol manage, measurement, we should throw it out the door because we constantly trying to find the science to explain, oh my God, oh, you have a VLDL that's this. Okay, what does it mean? It's again, I, I used to work in heart surgery. I was a, a, a pump uh, technician a long time ago. And my parents lived in 93, my grandmother 104 almost, and they had high cholesterol. And, and doctors only gave them more drugs and gave them side effects from the drugs. And you're 38, I'm almost, I'll be 67 in March. And I, I tell you, I've, had I learned this at your age or younger, this stuff really didn't exist I mean, we didn't have the ability to communicate like this. And, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar much with Robert Atkins and the Atkins diet, but uh, Paul, have you heard of, of uh, the Salisbury steak? Uh, yeah. Do you know who Salisbury was? No. <laughs> Doctor and, and uh, Dr. Chafee talks about uh, James Henry Salisbury was a physician, graduated Albany Med in 1850, went on to the Civil War. He noticed all of his men were dying of dysentery. He put them all on steak and coffee and they all healed. But he wrote a really great book that basically the food we eat ferments in the gut, the microbes, the bacteria and the yeast go up through the esophagus, out through the rectum and, and transition all in your body. And basically our microbes in your bowels good for us. Negative. Negative. And cholesterol is any measurement of cholesterol is, is just, I call it snake oil science. It just doesn't make any sense. All right. The greatest lesson you've learned on this journey. Oh, goodness. Um, just to, you know, have an open mind, speak your truth, no matter what the haters are saying. And, you know, my motto is eat meat and question everything and follow the money trail. You know, uh, everyone claims, oh, the science, the science, the science, or these studies. It's like, well, studies can be paid for. Like, hello, Ansel Keys. You know, so let's let's question things and not blindly trust and follow everything we're being told. Don't believe me. Don't believe us. Go go look it up yourself. But the, the challenge is because all of the science, even if you go back to Hans Krebs, Otto Warburg, and Philip Randall, 
they were all paid to do the science too. Why do we believe that science? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, I feel like it all comes down to money and people don't care about us and our health. They're trying to sell their products. They're trying to sell their drugs and they're just trying to keep their pockets filled at the expense of our health. Do you have any favorite books? I do. Um, I'm big into, I like like the self-improvement books. Um, but I also really love Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. So yep. I have like a handful of his books um, that I've read under my bed right here that I'm going to tap into again because he's really awesome as well. I'm I'm listening to Scott uh, uh, Galloway, uh, The Algebra of Happiness. Uh, but I, I wrote a book called The Fertile Secret about 20 years ago, uh, taken from The Secret. Uh, and I think that the the listening and reading to mindful ideas that are going to grow your brain and be more creative because that's what this journey is really about. That's what I'm, I, I feel, I feel smarter than ever. Uh, that's the kind of the craziness. And, and, uh, and in some ways I, I feel, we feel dumb, but, but the more I do this, I'm learning ideas and I'm going like, wow, that's me. But I question you, you, you like to question things. Yes. Yeah. I will not believe <laughs> Most of the things we're told, because I feel like a lot of things we've been told um, turns out to not be true. So some people like to call me a conspiracy theorist. But you know what? When I keep being right, I don't feel like that's the right title anymore. <laughs> opinionators. There's a lot of opinionators out there. And we're all opinionated. That's kind of part of our journey. Uh, I listen and learn from so many people out there. And I've loved what you're doing. Uh, can you tell people once again, your website and how people can find you, Courtney? Yes. Thank you. Um, so my website is CourtneyLuna.com. There are links on there to find me on all the platforms. Um, if you're ever bored, come take a gander at my TikTok comments and you will just be blown away at the things that people say and what they think. Um, so that's always interesting. Um, I do have an ebook on how to get started eating this way. And I do have some like free resources, some, you know, favorite recipes and a grocery list. So all that is linked in there. And I think it's really important for all of us to question, uh, even question Kilts and Courtney. And, and so often we come into this, you know, I know as a doctor, we're so opinionated. We start with, we start with a negative opinion. And, and then at, at, after a while, we, we maybe it's like, well, maybe that idea that Courtney or Kilts is sharing uh, or, or Chafee or Barry or Baker or Bella or, or any of these people out there, like maybe there's a sliver of truth to it. And I think once we get the sliver of truth, I encourage those that don't believe me or don't like me to come on in and listen and learn. And that's what we're doing on this great carnivore journey, the lion's way. Yes, I love that. Yeah, I would encourage anyone that is curious just to give it a try for 30 days. I mean, nothing, if you're worried about things going wrong, like I feel like I could say nothing's going to go wrong in 30 days. And you're going to realize things that you got used to as just being like some aches and pains and quirks like might go away. And I would, I would bet that you would feel better than you ever have. 
And again, thank you, Courtney, for being with us. We so appreciate you on a beautiful, beautiful, uh, let's see, January 1, 2023, a new day every day. And it is it is uh, a World Carnivore Month. Yes, yes. It, World Carnivore Month is the perfect time to start um, a new year. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. And start a new revolution, not a resolution. A New Year's revolution is taking care of yourself like a lion, and again, we're so grateful to you, Courtney. We'll, we'll keep watching and keep learning. And uh, we're going to continue to connect and share ideas. So again, God bless. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you so much, Courtney. We look forward to seeing you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Carnivore Conversations hosted by me, Dr. Robert Kiltz. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Check out drkilts.com for more and subscribe to our Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook for more inspiring content every day. Take care and see you next time.